who are some of the potential back of the roster sleepers that we'll be paying attention to this summer? Will Saquon Barkley's role be reduced a little bit this coming year? And which guys coming off IR are going to have the biggest impact on the Giants 2023 roster? All that coming up on today's Locked on Giants podcast. You are Locked on Giants, your daily New York Giants podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, New York Giant fans, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Giants podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast family, your team every day. My name is Patricia Chena, I'm your host, and it is the first full week of the dead period of the NFL off season, um, six long weeks, but they tend to go by pretty quickly. So I, I think this period is going to go by pretty quickly because I know a lot of people are excited about this Giants team. I know I am, um, but at the same time, I want to get a rest here and there. So, but nonetheless, uh, we still have plenty of content that we will be covering here on the Locked On Giants podcast. And on today, I have three topics that I'm going to go over. Um, just give you my two cents worth. We've got the potential back end of the roster sleepers. I'm going to give you um, three guys that are maybe at the bottom of the roster or their respective position depth chart that I think are going to be key players this year. Then I'm going to talk a little bit about Saquon Barkley's anticipated role for 2023. And yes, folks, he will be on the field in 2023, unless of course he has a season ending injury. And then finally, we'll talk about the biggest impact players coming off of IR, which players who were on IR last year are really going to have a big role for this New York Giants team moving forward. So that is our agenda for today's show, which, by the way, is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of the NFL. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on today to get started. All right, let's jump right in to the first order of business, and that is potential sleepers at the back end of the roster. Okay, I am going to give you three names that I think could be potential sleepers, guys to really keep an eye on this summer, and I'll tell you why. Uh, So let's get started. The first guy that I have on my list is at tight end, and it's going to be tight end Lawrence Cager. Now, at tight end, we know that, you know, again, barring a season-ending injury, Darren Waller is probably tight end one, Daniel Bellinger, tight end two. But I do believe the Giants are going to keep three tight ends. I mean, you just look at how the roster has been constructed, and it just seems like they're gravitating towards, you know, doing a lot of 12 personnel, which, of course, is going to require, you know, a lot of tight ends uh, to be on the field, two tight ends at minimum. Um, if they go with 12 personnel or 22 personnel, you could see some instances where maybe you get, you know, three tight ends on the field. So who's going to be the third tight end? Well, here's the thing. It depends on what the coaches want. So do they want a guy who's purely a blocker and who's one dimensional? If so, then they go with Tommy Sweeney because Tommy Sweeney historically has not been much of a pass catcher. If they want to be able to trot a guy out there who doesn't necessarily tip off what's coming, you know, and by that, I mean, you know, if a guy has a reputation as being just a blocker and they put a guy out there that 
um, is just a blocker. I think everybody knows that they don't have to really account for the guy in passing game. So that's why I'm thinking Lawrence Cager might have the advantage going into training camp this summer. Lawrence Cager is a decent receiver. He was a wide receiver, actually, and he converted to tight end given his size. Now, last year, um, the problem with Cager was his blocking. So he needed to get, you know, bigger and stronger in the offseason and just find ways to finish blocks. Now, we couldn't really tell if he improved in that area because, you know, in the springtime, as you know, there's no contact, there's no pads. So, you know, anything with blocking from the offensive line, the tight ends and so on and so forth, you really can't tell until the pads go on. But assuming that Cager found a way to get bigger and stronger um, and stay on his blocks instead of falling off blocks like he did last year, he could, could edge out Tommy Sweeney and the other guys that are buying for that last tight end spot on the Giants. Now, Lawrence Cager has a really good feel for the passing game. He's really good at reading defenses, um, getting open, finding the sweet spots in the defense. So as a pass receiver, you don't really have to worry about him. Now, is he going to be a guy that's going to get like 10 targets a game? No. But again, the idea, if you're the Giants, if you look at what they are doing with the, you know all their skill position players, they want versatility. So I think if Cager can prove that he can block this summer, he is going to have the advantage over Tommy Sweeney and the rest of the tight ends that are competing for the third spot on the roster. All right. The next guy that I think is a potential back end of the roster sleeper, defensive lineman, Ryder Anderson. Now, this is a guy that for some reason he came onto my radar last year Um he saw an increase in his snaps down the stretch, including into the postseason, And he did pretty well, you know, primarily as a pass rusher. Where Ryder Anderson's struggle last year was in holding up against the run. Let's, you know, no surprise there. I mean, a lot of guys on the Giants struggled holding up against the run. So just in going back, um, there was just something about Ryder Anderson's game. And, and I said to myself, you know, once we got the assistant coaches, I was going to ask Andre Patterson about um, Ryder Anderson. And I did. And sure enough, Coach Patterson really spoke highly of him. He commented about how Ryder Anderson bulked up from 280 to 305, you know, just in, working on his technique, getting better and everything like that. And that extra weight you would think would allow him to better anchor against the run, um, better hold up at the point of attack and not get pushed out or washed out of the picture. And just, you know, I could see him being a potential rotational defense alignment. Um, now the Giants, obviously, they're going to be looking to reduce some of the snaps that Dexter Lawrence and Leonard Williams have taken in the past. I mean, both of those guys have been taken like 80% or higher which is just insane for a defensive lineman. So the Giants added Raheem Nunes Roches to the uh, defensive line for depth. They are hoping to have Ashawn Robinson back. Ashawn Robinson missed the spring because I believe due to a meniscus in his knee, but he should be ready for training camp. Um, DJ Davidson, who was a, one of the draft picks last year, I don't know if he's going to be ready to go uh, to start training camp. He's recovering from an ACL 
Jordan Riley has has potential, but he's still a little bit raw given the lack of college experience. So I could potentially see Ryder Anderson, you know, getting some quality snaps in relief, you know, as part of that rotation that the Giants would like to run at defensive line. So that's the guy definitely to keep an eye on, I think, this summer. Okay, I'm going to give you one more. Um, and this is a draft pick. And, uh, you know, it's a guy that I don't know that a lot of people are necessarily counting on. They probably think maybe he's going to be a practice squatter. And that is seventh rounder Gervarius Owens, defensive back. Now, Owens has good size. I think he's six foot. Um, he is uh, has decent quickness, um, explosiveness. He's light on his feet and he has fluid hips. Uh, former cornerback, he's transitioning to safety. And, you know, the Giants, you can never have too many safeties. So here's the thing. Right now, we know that they have an opening alongside of Xavier McKinney. So is that going to be Bobby McCain? Is it going to be Dane Belton? Is it going to be J- Jason Pinnock? Or are they going to, you know, have a rotation there, which is certainly possible. But the thing about Owens is he can stay stay in phase with, you know, a receiver. He can make plays against a tight end and a wide, uh, wide receiver, has good short area quickness, and could potentially be like a dime back, all right? So even if he doesn't get the starting job, when they go to, an, you know, 5 dBs, 6 dBs, 7 dBs, if they go that much, he could be, you know, part of that sub package. So Owens, you know, thus far, really not much of a coverage guy, but, you know, there's still room to for him to grow in that area. I see him as more of a, you know, second level type of guy, you know, playing down closer to the line of scrimmage, closer to the box, and really, you know, providing with run support, which, again, I don't have to tell you, was a big weakness for the Giants last year. So I could see him doing that. And, um, you know, as far as coverage, as long as the, the, you know, he doesn't have to cover a lot of ground, and he has that short area, that's that, you know, small area at the second level to cover, think he should be fine there. So Owens is a guy that, you know, I'll be keeping an eye on, Um, you know, just because he's a seventh round pick doesn't mean that he's automatically destined to the practice squad. So he's a guy I definitely want to see uh, how he does, particularly in coverage. All right, coming up, are the Giants planning to reduce Saquon Barkley's role in the offense? Well, yes and no. And I'll explain why right after this. Hey, Giant fans, get in on all the sports action with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, FanDuel is giving new customers a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if their first bet doesn't win. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on and sign up today to claim your no-sweat first bet. FanDuel offers great promotions, a safe and secure app to set up your bets, and instant payouts. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sports betting partner of the NFL. All right, Giant fans, welcome back to the Locked On Giants podcast. I'm your host, Patricia Trena. Before I get to uh, discussing Saquon Barkley and the role that he may have on this Giants uh, offense, I just want to tell you a little bit about what's coming up here on the Locked On Giants podcast. Um, which, by the way, I should have five shows for you this week because um, I just have so much, you know, I have so much that I'm scheduling. So I'm going to have interviews with former NFL executive Jeff Diamond, 
Emery Hunt's going to be on the show. Bobby Skinner is going to join me from Talking Giants. Coach Gene Clemens is going to come on. And then next week, I'm supposed to be speaking with Mina Kimes from ESPN. And I might be able to get one other person. I'm working on one other interview and I'm really hoping comes to fruition. So just going to try and bring you, you know, continued content as best as I can um, so that you tune in. So thank you as always for tuning in, making us your first listen of the day or if watching on YouTube, your first watch of the day. All right. So now y'all are probably wondering why would I say Saquon Barkley's role on offense is going to be reduced? Why would I even say Saquon's going to have a role on offense when he's not signed? Well, folks, I've been saying it on numerous podcasts now. I've written it over on Giants Country, where, by the way, I have an article about the guaranteed money and what I think Saquon's going to get, if you want to check that article out. Saquon's going to be on the field in September. All right. I'm not going to rehash why or anything like that, because I want to get to the role part, but Um, Let's talk about the role and why I think it's going to be redefined a little bit and maybe even reduced a little bit. Okay, so I went and I looked up some numbers. Saquon in 2018, 2019, and 2022, his seasons where he played most of, if not all of the season, he had over 200 touches in each of those seasons. His yards before contact dipped from 2018 right down to 2022, as have his yards after contact. Um, In 2018, he was at 736. Then they dipped to 605 in 2019, and it was at 563 last year. His snap count percentage, 2018, he played 83% of the offensive snaps, 2019, 84%, and last year, 80%. So why do I think his number, you know, his, his snaps are going to maybe be scaled back a little bit for the same reason why the giants are probably going to cut back on Dexter Lawrence and Leonard Williams. You know, when Saquon first came to the giants, he was the offense. You know, I've said this before. It was like when Odell Beckham Jr. was here. Odell was the offense. Everybody knew it. And, you know, everything kind of fell on Odell's shoulders. For the longest time, when Saquon first got here, it was the same situation where everything kind of fell on his shoulders to carry the offense, be the face of the team, be the face of the offense, and so forth. The problem with that type of situation, and especially for a running back, is you start to take a beating. And you start to lose some of your potency as you go through the season. So we kind of saw that a little bit with Saquon last year, started out strong. And then he started taking that pounding, that beating. And he had, you know, the shoulder ailment um, midway through the season. And after a while it was, it's just, you know, I don't know that you could say that he looked as strong in the back half of the season as he did in the front half. You know, he got the the week off uh, in week 18 to rest and he, you know, came back and looked a little, you know, more refreshed. But the idea here between behind maybe reducing his role just a smidge, I'm not talking drastic here. I'm talking just a smidge is that you keep him fresh for the long haul, because if this team aspires to go to the playoffs, which it does, 
that means we're looking at a long season. So the bye week's not coming till I think week 13. That's a long haul. Okay. So if you can maybe reduce some of the pounding, some of the wear and tear on Saquon, why wouldn't you? And the Giants now are in a position to do that. All right. So whereas before Saquon was the offense and there was no doubt about it, no questions. So now the Giants have Darren Waller. They have Paris Campbell. They have Daniel Bellinger. They have um, Matt Breida, who could take some snaps. Gary Brightwell, Eric Gray, um, Darius Slayton, uh, Jalen Hyatt. They have guys who can pick up some of the slack. Now, you know, Daniel Jones, you know, if they need to, if they need to you know, get some rushing uh, attempts or rushing yards, design runs, Daniel Jones can do it. So it all doesn't have to land on Saquon's shoulders. And if you can cut back on just a smidge of his, his workload, you keep him fresh for when you get to the postseason. So that's really, you know, the whole idea behind this whole concept. It's not, you know, to punish Saquon. It's not, you know, any, anything sinister or anything like that. It's to keep him fresh. So that's what I believe the Giants are going to do moving forward. I'm going to be interested to see what the percentages are, what the numbers are. And if, you know, there's a, a dip in the snap count for him on offense um, versus is there an increase in the production? Because the fresher Saquon can be, the better he's going to be and, and the better the Giants offense is going to be. So that's why I think the Giants are going to maybe scale him back a little bit. And they have now depth at running back. You know, they added Eric Gray in the draft. You know, Matt Breida is back for a year. Gary Brightwell is still on the roster. This summer, Jay Sean Corbin is going to compete. So they do have options. And oh, by the way, maybe Paris Campbell gets a few jet sweeps. Maybe um, another receiver gets some jet sweeps. You know, maybe Waller even lines up and gets a few, you know, um, end of rounds or stuff like that. So rushing yards will come the bulk from Saquon, obviously, but there'll be other guys who are contributing to the run game. And that takes some of the onus off of Saquon. That's a good thing, folks, really is. I mean, look, if you're if the Giants are going to invest long term in Saquon and we, we know that they would like to, um, it's just a matter of working out a deal, which, again, I think now is, is more realistic. You want to have the guy available to you. You don't want him, you know, getting worn down to a nub by the midpoint of the season. So it just makes too much sense, I think, for them to not look at potentially reducing his workload just a smidge. That's the key words, just a smidge. So we'll have to see if that's what the coaches indeed have planned for Saquon. We probably won't know that, obviously, until we get to this season. You know, because preseason, even if Saquon shows up for, for training camp, I don't anticipate him playing much in the preseason anyway. But uh, s- certainly a trend that I'll be keeping an eye on um, because I do think that's the direction that they're headed. All right. Coming up next, which players coming off of IR from last year stand to make the biggest impact? I'll tell you 
right after this. All right, Giant fans, welcome back to the Locked on Giants podcast. I'm your host, Patricia Trena. And uh, thank you for tuning in, continuing to tune in to the Locked on Giants podcast. Do appreciate y'all. And uh, make sure you check out the show notes uh, for the link on our new subtext community. It's been an opportunity for me to text one-on-one with a group of subscribers to that uh, service, service of which costs $4.99 a month, but we're running a two-for-one for the next several weeks where you get two months for the price of one. So that's after a free 14-day trial. And so far, the feedback I've gotten from the subscribers to that service has been very positive. So um, it's just a great, it's just another way for me to give you a little bit more personalized attention and, you know, communicate with you. So do check that out if you get a chance. Um, And again, keep it here on the Locked on Giants podcast, because even though we're in the dead period and I, you know, the summer schedules are here for the podcast, I'm going to just, you know, give you a bunch of shows because I'm, taping often, you know, two shows a day. So if I can knock out two shows during the course of a day, then, you know, you'll have content from me. So, uh, but don't worry, I will take some time off. I will, I promise. Um, I know a lot of you express concern for me that, you know, I don't burn myself out, but I will take some time off probably early next month. So, all right, folks, segment three, let's talk about those giant players who were on IR last year, who are coming back and who stand to make the biggest impact in 2023. So I have three guys I'm going to give you. The first one is Aaron Robinson, cornerback. Now, Aaron Robinson, I really hope this guy has kicked the injury bug because, okay, you've got a Dory Jackson on the outside. Deontay Banks is projected to be the other perimeter cornerback. That was the role that Aaron Robinson tried to win last year until the injury kind of kicked in and knocked them out of that contention. Robinson, even though the Giants may feel that he could eventually go back to the perimeter, maybe he, you know, after Adoree Jackson's gone, maybe they team him up with, with uh, Deontay Banks. The Giants are going to have to find a role for him someplace this year. That role, folks, I believe is going to be the slot cornerback spot, which is what he played in college. All right. Now, the slot cornerback is interesting. Darnay Holmes has has, um, held that position basically since he's been drafted. You know, he's gotten some competition, but at the end of the day, he's always been the best option. Now, it goes back to what I said on a previous show about playing matchups, being able to better match up against your opponents. So by that, I mean, Darnay Holmes, if he makes the roster, maybe, you know, because he's a shorter, twitchier type guy, he faces certain types of receivers. But if the opponent puts a big bodied receiver or a tight end in the slot, now maybe you go with, you know, Aaron Robinson who can be a little bit more physical and who could better match up size-wise. So I do suspect that the slot cornerback position is going to be a committee approach. I think Aaron Robinson is going to be have a big role in that. Cordell Flott will probably have a sizable role in that. You know, will Darnay Holmes make it? That remains to be seen, but the Giants do have options 
there at that slot cornerback position. I believe Aaron Robinson is going to be a big option, no pun intended, in that uh, battle. Player number two coming back off IR. Inside linebacker Darian Beavers. Now, Beavers is not going to be an every down linebacker. That's going to be Bobby O'Karake's job. But I do believe Beavers, if he could get on the field, and his primary competition looks like it's going to be Gerard Davis, who was rehabbing from uh, some kind of procedure or injury that he had during the spring. Um, Micah McFadden, whom Wink Martindale spoke of as being one of the more improved guys, you know, from this from last year. If Beavers can get back to what he started to look like last year, he could be the, your downhill thumper. Now, I don't have to tell you guys how bad the run defense was last year. So the more thumpers they can get in there that can play that run, the better they're going to be. And, you know, since Beavers is coming off the torn ACL, I'm not so sure I would want to see him in coverage. I don't think he was ever going to be the guy that they were going to put in coverage, to be honest with you. But as a, you know, potential nickel linebacker, I could see it, you know. So I think he could have, a, you know, a sizable role if he is healthy and if there are no glaring noticeable after effects from that ACL injury. You know, what he's got going for him is that that ACL did happen early enough last year. It happened early in the summer. So he will, by the time the season starts, be over a year removed from the injury. So there's optimism that he can contribute because he was coming on strong. Coaches liked him. And then the dreaded ACL. Giants had a lot of those last year. So, all right, I'm going to give you one more that I think uh, if he can make it back, he should be a um, he should have an impact. Receiver Wandale Robinson. Now, to be clear, I believe Wandale Robinson will probably start training camp on the pup list. I can also see a scenario where Wandale Robinson starts the season on the pup list, given again the timing of the injury and just kind of where the Giants receiving core, you know, how I'm projecting it to stack up. So Wandale will probably be a guy who comes in, my guess is, you know, midpoint of the season, he'll come in, um, depending on what the health status looks like for the rest of his receivers, and then get his opportunities. So what can Wandale Robinson do for this team? Well, he's your prototypical slot receiver, quick feet, decent hands, and decent toughness. Um, the thing is, he's got to regain that quickness post-ACL surgery. Um, now, for the slot, it looks like, based on the spring, and again, this is subject to change, Jamison Crowder will primarily get that slot role. If Sterling Shepard is healthy, and I don't think he's going to be ready uh, to go at the start of training camp, and I have questions as to whether or not he'll be ready for the start of the season, too, you figure Sterling Shepard will be there. Crowder and Shepard are both on one-year deals. So I don't necessarily think that they are the long-term answer for the slot. I do think Wandale Robinson might be. So it's going to be all about him, you know, getting back his sea legs underneath him. If he is healthy and if, you know, he can put aside the, you know, the, any 
after effects from the ACL surgery. That's something we probably won't see again until the midpoint of the season, but it's something to keep an eye on nonetheless. All right. So that's the list that I have of uh, potential biggest impact players coming off of IR. And on that note, that's going to do it for this edition of the Lachlan Giants podcast. So again, I want to thank you for making us your first listen of the day or of watching on YouTube, your first watch of the day. Again, I will have shows for you Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. They will be interviews. I'm not sure which order I'm going to put them out in, but as soon as I have them ready, you'll see them um, on YouTube. You'll probably see them in the the um, the audio platforms as well, but uh, they'll all be good. They're, they're going to be good interviews. I think you're going to like, you know, the topics and the guests that I have. So I hope you will tune in. Thank you for tuning in today and I will see you tomorrow.